Oh ja, Packast, ja. Oh ja, Packast, ja. Packast, yo. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Oh yeah, really? I am. Oh, okay. Well, uh, it's gonna be a short, sweet, and and mm. and and just loosey goosey one, you know. Hello, everyone. It's another beautiful day on the podcast, and I am your host, Jeremy Van Suarez. And I'm Jacob Wade. And I'm Logan Riley Bruner. And just like my good friend Jacob just said, uh, this is going to be a nice, short and sweet podcast coming at you from the Black Wolves, boys. As everyone uh, suddenly looks at their timestamp and realizes it's actually 45 minutes. Well, we'll uh, see. Let's not jinx it, okay? Let's not jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's not much to talk about. Every, I mean, oh, well, the Golden Globes did happen. The Golden Globes happened, and I think, I think it was the the best case scenario for what was nominated. Shall we? Uh, shall we housekeep sure. before we uh, dive into the Globes? Yeah, let's housekeep. Uh, oh, 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 housekeeping! I I half sure. expected you to like go all the way across the screen like you were a transition. I still had to. Okay, I'll do it again. Housekeeping. <laughs> Oh man, that's gonna be fun to edit. Uh, housekeeping. Uh, I don't believe we've released anything new this week. It's been a lot of promotion of older stuff. Um, Repromoting Dominique's interview, which was fantastic. Uh, people should go check it out. Um, she's a very incredible artist, very happy for her. We, uh, behind the scenes, we've approved uh, a script to move into pre-production. Uh, which we are we are keeping hush hush about, but know that there are new things moving into uh, into the realm of creation. Um, we are beginning putting together everything for season two of the acoustic covers. Uh, Jacob, you have any you have any little little hints you want to say on that? Um, no, no hints really. I think we're gonna try to go above and beyond what season one was. I think we want to put a little more production value into it, a little more. Um, I'm hoping that season two won't just be week after week of me in my bedroom, uh, singing alone. But other than that, looking forward to it. And if you're listening to this and you want to be a part of it, just shoot me a message and we will get on that because I'd love to collaborate. Yeah. I'd love to collaborate with other artists and, you know, yeah. Inclusion. And we're in the we're in the process of editing some other projects that are hopefully to be announced very soon. Um, I feel like we say that every week. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm tired of saying hope. I'm just gonna say we're, we're we should just say we're working on. We have other projects in the works. Period. <laughs> that is true. Um, <laughs> it's it's the the you guys are getting a behind the scenes look of what it's like to really be a production company. We're we're at the mercy of a lot of other people that are working on a lot of other things and have schedules that are on their own time and. Dealing with our own schedules. Dealing with our own schedules. We, in a pandemic. There are there are multiple different projects. Like if you ever look on someone's IMDB and see like that they're producing 73 projects and that all of them are in pre-production or development, it's that's kind of where we're at right now. It's a lot of stuff that's just like on its own timeline. Some things are waiting for script approval, some things are waiting for edits, some things are waiting for approval on dates and approval on talent and all of that stuff. So uh, yeah, we're we're moving and we're still creating. Uh, just because we're not announcing doesn't mean things aren't happening. Uh, just know that there's a lot of 
there's a lot of pieces that need to come together in just the right combination. Uh, and so we're waiting for some of those last little puzzle pieces to come into place before we make any announcements. Because as many people know from back in the day when we used to do things, Jacob and I used to drop like random announcements once every two or three months. Uh, and we'd always end up having to readjust or change them because uh, things changed. So we're, we're using the podcast kind of as a place to, to keep you guys posted, uh, to kind of take over that update format, uh, but not feel like we're releasing a video that's like, we're dropping this thing, but then doesn't get released. Um, so keep posted, stay on our Instagram and our Facebook, as we always say. Um, Instagram is really the best place to keep updated on what we're doing. Uh, our website is updating pretty often. Uh, so if you want to check out our website, go there. Uh, we should have some very exciting stuff for you in the near future. I'm not going to say very soon anymore, just in the near future. Uh, so look forward to that. Thank you, Logan. You're welcome. All right, boys, Golden Globes. Like I said, I think I think it was the best case scenario. We, If you watched our Golden Globe podcast, you know that we were pretty disappointed in everything. Um, but I mean, it could have been worse. Yeah. Right. Um, Jacob, I'm sure you're going to be happy about this. Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso. Yeah, well-deserved, well-deserved. Good good stuff, good stuff. However, you know, we're kind of upset with best comedy and best drama as well, right? I'm not upset with best comedy. I want to I wanna set... Don't. I, before I, I add to Jacob's point, I want to set the, the caveat uh, that everyone who won deserved to win. That okay, yeah. All of them gave the performances or created the projects that deserved the recognition. There's nobody that I think got an award that doesn't deserve it. Or I don't want, I don't want anyone to misinterpret what we're saying about the Globes as us saying, like, these artists are not deserving of their awards. They all created some pretty incredible projects. Right. Uh, I think where me and Jacob come from uh, on the drama and comedy category is they picked the two films that kind of strayed away from traditional filmmaking and moved to a more improv story-based rather than script-based. Uh, at least for me as a screenwriter, um, that kind of makes it appear that the Golden Globes don't find screenwriting to be a valuable medium. Um, now, whether or not that's, a, that's actually their belief or actually their intention, that's a different conversation. Um, but to reward the two movies that didn't really have uh, fully like developed screenplays and were instead more scenes that were come up with and then kind of let improv by the actors slash real people in the stories, uh, paints to me a picture that screenwriting is less than valued by the Golden Globes. Yes, they have the screenwriting category, uh, which is always important. I think Aaron Sorkin definitely deserved to win for Trial of Chicago 7. It was an incredible screenplay. He's a brilliant writer. Um, but that being said, I, I have my qualms with uh, those two films, which we've talked about. Um, I, I have to say, I, I, I disagree with that a lot. I would agree with you if this wasn't the first time that this has happened, but this is really the first time that we've had more improv-based scripts involved in these award ceremonies. Sure. I and to say and to say that 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 the Golden that the Hollywood Foreign Press um, 
has a lack of appreciation for like quote unquote proper screenwriting, I think I, I think is is a bit far fetched. Sure. Um, especially especially when the rest of these of the movies that were nominated are classic screenwriting. Well, mishmash, 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 some you know. of them were. Mishmash. Well, okay. Well, H Hamilton is the only one that's really out of the norm here because it's uh, it's playwriting. Huh? Music. Well, music has a script to it. As much as I don't like to acknowledge that film. Does it? Yes, music has a script. It's it's it might be flavored as a visual album with you know twenty or so minutes of dance, but there's an actual script that people are ripping apart as it should be. I don't know. I I also I also don't think that that just because these scripts have some some not some just because these scripts have elements of improv in them that they should be appreciated any less than a piece that has that is fully written out you know page one to one eighty. I'm not saying they should be appreciated any less. I think they deserve their own recognition in their own category. I think fundamentally filmmaking and this new, a drama, a comedy, and this new art form are fundamentally different things. And so to try and compare the two would be, in my opinion, the same as trying to compare a drama and a comedy. There's a reason that there are two different categories for it in the Hollywood foreign press. It's because they identify them as two different art forms. This is a third unique art form that deserves to be identified as its own art form. But there's not really enough in this new art form to be its own category, really. And then also, I mean, and then and then you raised you raised the argument of of comparing these two formats would kind of be similar to comparing a drama to a comedy. But then if we go by that logic, then we'll be pitting Nomadland up against Borat, and I don't really know if that's any better. Fair. They both feel like documentary films to me. Not like true documentaries, but like, like mockumentaries. Yeah. But mockumentaries that have realism in them, like it's it's such a unique new form that I don't quite know how to categorize it yet. Because it's not a mockumentary because it's real. And it's not a documentary because it has character, but it's not a full-fledged screenplay because it's mostly improv. Like a docu-film. Yeah, it's a docu-film. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's what happens when a new genre comes out. Where do you put it? We have to, we have to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy that Borat won. I was, I was rooting for Borat alongside Palm Springs was my, was my big underdog. I, I didn't think the Hollywood Foreign Press would give Andy Samberg that amount of recognition, but I'm, I'm happy for Borat. I'm happy for Sasha Baron Cohen. He's a great actor, great, great writer, great Improvist. Is that a word? Improvist? Improv person? Improv. Um, improviser. Improviser. Yeah. More more categories that I know that we're happy, especially happy for the winners. Um, Logan, you watched The Crown. The Crown won a few awards. I used to watch The Crown. I fell oh. off when they did the complete cast change in season three. Um, because they jumped forward in time. Uh The Crown did win quite a few awards. I think the Hollywood Foreign Press made a statement that I don't know that I agree with. In the nominations? In choosing winners. Uh, SAG made statements in nominations that I don't know that I agree with. Hollywood mm. Foreign Press made the statement that the only good acting dramatically that's being done on television is on the crown. And I, I don't, but it's, it's not about good. It's about like the best, which doesn't sound any better. 
Yeah, that's um, his is exclusively best performances in drama on TV right now are taking place in The Crown, and I just can't get behind that. Again, I have fallen off the show, so I might turn it on and be like, you know what, guys, I was totally wrong. It's the best acting I've ever seen on TV. But we have shows like Lovecraft Country and Ozark and just there's there's so much tv there's so much tv being made that to give the award to a show that focuses on historical period drama to me feels like a return to downton abbey it feels like we miss this period piece british drama and we want it back so all the awards are going to go to that yeah um, what happened to i may destroy you by what happened to i may destroy you? kayla cole like we, we already know it got snubbed that's what happened to it. But there were there were good people in all those categories. As, as much as people are memeing him uh, because he fell asleep during the show, Al Pacino gave an amazing performance in Hunters. It is one of the best performances of his whole career. And so the fact that someone kind of new who's playing a kind of historical period piece character wins over him, to me, rubs me a little bit the wrong way. I would like to see a little more divestment in, uh, in the awarding of shows. Um, I don't think we need to get to a place where it's like only one actor from every show can be nominated because I think that's going to lead to a problem. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I believe it was my, my mother, Mama Bruner, came up with the idea that if you win an award in any award show, the next year you should not be eligible for the same character in the same category. That like, if I win Best Actor uh, for a TV show and the next year nominations come back up, I should not be eligible for that same show because I'm playing the same character that you've already awarded me for. It'll take right. you should just be a presenter. Yeah, it'll take away situations like there were, I think, like four or five seasons straight that Modern Family was just like the award show darling. It was like every season Modern Family was winning consistently over and over and over again. And I don't want to knock Modern Family. It's good, but let's try and give some attention to some other TV shows doing different things rather than hitting the same show over and over and over again. I, I feel that um, to, to, the, to the, uh, the, the divestment of awards to different shows, especially after consecutive years. I don't know how much I agree with not about actors not getting a twice in a row nomination because characters can go under incredible changes from season to season. Most of the time it doesn't, but in some occasions it can happen. Yeah. I mean, at, you know, at the, this is, this is always, this is always kind of the, the thing that we approach with award shows that it's like, you know, we, 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 we make a, a, a you know, our deals and our, and our fusses and we get upset at them because it's like, you should have, given this award to another thing but at the end of the day these are these are really just a, these are really just golden like material opinions yeah you know what i'm saying yeah but i feel like it should be a little more like quantitative too right like, i think we've quantified it we've yeah. gotten to the point as a society no. that we've been like the ones that win the awards are the best if we were at a point that we were like, oh, the ones that win the awards are cool, but they're not the best movies, that'd be one thing. But consistently you see in us looking back on films, we go, what was the best picture winner that year? Oh, that was the best movie that year. We yeah. always, we, we always, we're always on the lookout for that like definitive moment of each year. Right. 
what is the movie of the year? And the way that we have decided to quantify that is what wins the award. If we get to a point where we say... Well, that's how we decide to qualify that. True. But I'm talking about quantity here. Like, I think that we should be choosing these films based on, like, the majority opinion and not just, like... Well, that's called the People's Choice Award. Yeah, I guess. That's a whole different, that's a whole different thing. I just feel like... Because Holly- there, there are people voting on the Hollywood Foreign Press and all that. Yeah, and but for the Golden Globes, like, no one on the board was a person of color. So there's no diversity in the in the room where they're deciding. So how can they're, you know, it's just, it rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I agree with that very much. Yeah. You know, it's an... I, nah! It, it, Damn it! It has a real impact on careers and on the art that continues to get made. And so we have to pay attention to it. Like, like Jacob said, it's lack of diversity in the room leads to lack of diversity in the choices. And if there's lack of diversity in the choices, then the winners end up being less diverse. And if the winners end up being less diverse, producers are looking at the winners for who they're gonna produce next year. And so we just end up making the same stories over and over because people are going, well, that's what wins the award because that's now the most important thing. Exactly. Which is why we have so many superhero movies is because box office is also a thing. We have a ton of superhero movies and a ton of period piece dramas because those are the things that get capital from box office and awards from award shows and those have become the two ways that we decide what good and bad movies are it's the reason there were like six transformers movies it's because it made money at the box office none of them were were great but they all made their budget and more and so producers because looked at that and said let's do that again people they didn't speak, win awards, the people's they? they i'm talking about box office in terms of that not awards no they did not people speak with their money and people nowadays they speak with their clicks and their views um yeah i mean like i don't know like would the crown have gotten nominations if nobody watched this season like because there, because that happens that there are good shows there are incredible shows every year that people don't watch yeah, I think and get forgotten. The Hollywood foreign press is far more likely to watch a show about the British monarchy than a show about a woman dealing with sexual trauma. Just baseline. And so there should be it's the reason we need more diversity in the room, like Jacob was saying. It's the reason we need to expand our voting pools and to expand how we look at these award shows it also means that we need to start looking at which award shows we value higher over others the golden globes have become one of the biggest award shows which is why we qualify it as something that we need to talk about no one is sitting here talking about like the critics choice awards which used to be one of the biggest award shows around but now i barely hear about it we didn't even talk about it yeah did it happen they've released all their nominations and we skipped over it because it's not one of the big four it's not sag golden globes oscars or emmys and those are the four that we really pay attention to because those are the four that we as at least as a culture have decided are important did you did you say we as a culture because you don't want to say we as a society i did 
Uh, if that's what we as a culture have decided are important, then we as a culture also have to critique it and realize that if we're going to hold it to a high standard, we need to hold it to a high standard. Maybe if the Golden Globes continues to make decisions that we as a culture disagree with, we should start looking at other award shows that feel like they speak more prominently to us. Agree. That's my soapbox. We pay, we pay with our box office and we pay with our clicks and that's 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 what they pay attention to a lot of the times shout out to mark ruffalo on i know this much is true shout out to queen's gambit and anya taylor joy um shout out to daniel kaluuya for rightly winning for judas and the black messiah um yeah schitt's creek won for best television Uh, minari won for uh best foreign language uh schitt's creek won for best comedy television and the crown for uh for drama um looking really quick through the rest of these winners sasha baron cohen won for best actor in a musical comedy motion picture chadwick uh, soul soul won best animated feature uh chadwick boseman won for ma rainey's black bottom best actor in a motion picture drama andre day won for united states versus billy holiday amazon prime exclusive uh, Rosamund Pike won for I Care A Lot, which I've been hearing a lot of great things about. I've been hearing um, fantastic things then, about that And it's now on Netflix, so gotta check that out. Uh, Chloe Zhao won Best Director for Nomadland. Um, so that's great. She uh, I believe, either the first or the second Asian-American woman to win uh, Best Director. I think, it might, I think it might be the first, actually. Um... Or actually, second wouldn't make sense. Um, and Soul won for uh, Best Original Score. Clap, clap, clap. Trent Reznor and John Baptiste. Baptiste, oh. right. I thought it was John Bellion. I think I think because people people got so mad about John Bellion not being a part of the soundtrack. Um, Who's John Bellion? He's uh, a musician who... I can't even describe him. He makes really incredible music. Um I love his work, but he has a very specific vibe that kind of fits with that Pixar world. And so a lot of people have said for a long time that he should do one of their movies. Uh, a lot of people felt that he kind of got passed over this year for doing it, um, hmm. which I agree with. He should be a part of one of their films at some point. Okay. Hopefully the Oscars can can represent our film culture a bit better than the Golden Globes. Golden Globes have to put have to put their 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 hands in a lot of different hats, you know. I'm intrigued by the Oscars and the Emmys. I want to see I want to see where where the cards fall. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. The Oscars do eight movies normally. They do between five and ten. So I'm thinking. Nomadland. Nomadland. Judas. Five Bloods. uh minari uh trial chicago seven trial chicago seven the fog promising young woman promising young woman i care a lot i hope one night in miami gets a nom one night and i think that's it we missing some i feel like we're missing something i'm just gonna check real quick i think that's it i'm just and and i'm just i'm just scrolling through uh through Golden Globe nominations in general. I think that's the list. Eight. Eight seems uh, like a great place. Possibly, possibly Mank. Possibly. Mank. 
<laughs> I have nothing against Mank. It's that just Mank. That would be 10, and in my opinion, that would be a solid 10. Unless Borat ends up taking the place of one of those, in which case that would also be a solid 10. We'll just have to wait and see. And this was a topic that we didn't even prep to talk about. It just came up in the heat of the moment. Oh, yeah, because it just happened. Yeah, that's what you, yeah. Um, Jeremy, what else are we going to have to wait and see about? Uh, you know, that that thing, uh, the Snyder Cut, right? Is that? No, I know. We're, we're trying to avoid justice. Snyder Cut every week. We're not well, talking about I thought about I set up such a good one. <laughs> he, he threw the ball, like, right to you, and you whiffed it. I didn't have the dock open. I was looking at the list of nominations. Well, listen, I I only have so much screen real estate, okay? All right? right? And you know what else has has a limited amount of screen real estate? My damn Nintendo Switch, which is why I need a new Nintendo Switch, which is what's rumored to come out. Uh, According to Bloomberg, a new Nintendo Switch is on the way with an OLED screen that's an organic LED display and 4K docked support jacob i know you've been uh looking for a uh, switch investment how do you feel about uh paying maybe 350 400 for a new nintendo switch because it's going to be more than the normal switch i think 400 is pushing it but it's pro- that's most likely right they're going to be like 399 for the new switch 2 i'm looking forward to an oled screen you know that's cool are they going to make the bezel smaller who knows i, I don't hope so i hope so but i doubt it i feel like it's going to be like pretty much looking like the same console uh just you know clearer screen maybe i don't know and brighter i don't know uh, maybe a little bit sleeker maybe a little sleeker yeah you know when that oled screen is out you can tell yeah. i love me an oled screen yeah, and yeah, you know yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to uh, check out the new Pokemon games that have been announced on that OLED speaker. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you tell us about those? Oh, I, I kind of took that off the dock because we did talk about it last week. <laughs> well, it was on the dock 30 seconds ago. I knew we talked about it last week. Well, I, it must have been more than 30 because I definitely deleted it before the podcast started recording, but we could talk about Pokemon some more. I didn't Just play to... the DS games, so. What, Diamond and Pearl? Yeah, no. I, I didn't have a Diamond, DS at the time when DSs were cool. I think right next to, like, close second, close, like, I don't tie with, like, Ruby and Sapphire. Diamond and Pearl Gen 4 is probably one of my favorite Pokemon games. Diamond was the first one that I beat. Nice. Yeah. I think, I think same here, actually. I had Fire Red, but I never beat it. Same. I was too young to fully to to, to push to push myself at that midpoint that midway grind point. Yeah, you. I get to a certain point and be like, no, I'm bored. But uh, then I got diamond and I was like, ooh, I want to play through this whole thing. Nice. Peace I four. I think I beat Ruby in middle school. Sounds about right. <laughs> I have a I have a really kind of messed up story about how I start how I got into Pokemon Sapphire. Um, uh, you stole your friend's Game Boy Advance card. All right, all right. Anyway, spoiler alert. Thanks, Jacob. Um, I was guessing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I no because I feel like I've definitely told you guys. Okay. Anyway, um, Dude, I was the same elementary schooler. I was the I, same guy. Well, I was I was in, I must have I don't know where I was. It must have been like first to third grade somewhere in that area. 
and this this guy this little boy was like hey look at my game boy look at my pokemon sapphire and i was like oh this is really cool and he was like do you want to <laughs> he actually he actually asked he was like do you want to do you want to try it and i was like yeah i'll try it and i played some of it and i was like okay this is this is cool um and then we were on the bus back or going somewhere and i remember just kind of just taking that cartridge and just right out of wow. the right out of the game boy I have listen. I I'm taking I'm taking no pride in, in talking about this no. right now. I'm just telling you what happened. I am extremely prideful. One that I guessed. Two. I was that same kid. So like that's how I got the idea. Um, <laughs> but I asked to borrow the game, and simply never returned it. So was it one of those the person you borrowed it from just forgot to ask you for it back or yeah forgot to ask me for it back and all, yeah definitely like, and I, you and, I and like, you remembered not you remembered to forget <laughs> absolutely I well I mean maybe I would mention the I don't know we don't really talk about game I, don't Boy see, I don't see you being the kind of person that would be that if someone was like hey can I have my game back you'd be like no I see you being the kind of person that's like he's not gonna ask for the game back okay no but if he did ask for the game back i'd be like oh right i still have that got you tomorrow and then tomorrow would come and he'd forget to ask me um you little little boy who is now a full-grown individual person now uh wherever you are i thank you uh because now i'm into pokemon I'm sorry I deleted your save file. You had like seven gym badges, and I was like, "This game is too complicated. I can't. I, can't, I need to start from the beginning." Uh, so I deleted that shit. Um, and you only had one save file. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I still have it though. All this to say is that I'm excited to play the Diamond and Pearl remakes on the Switch. Uh, Logan, what starter are you gonna pick? Oh wow. We got. We got. We have the the Water Penguin Piplup. We have the, the the fire monkey chimchar and the uh, cute little grass turtle turtwig. So pick I'm your a, pick, I'm a, pick I'm your poison. Always, I'm always a fire guy. I've I've consistently I start with the fire type because um, I always mm. feel like I'm Leo's. Like, yeah, you know it. I like the final evolution of them the best. Um, so yeah, that's probably where I'm gonna go. Jacob, Piplup, turtwig, pick... chimchar. I think Piplup. I'd choose Piplup, little cutie. The opposite of your sign. Interesting. I know. I'm usually like, okay, so I was like a big Mudkip kind of kid. Fair. I was also a... Uh... Torchic? Yeah. That was the same generation. No. Um, Mudkip was for me, and um, I was also a Squirtle guy. Loved me a Squirtle. So, I don't know. I've never really picked a fire starter i don't think interesting yeah i don't know uh, i just i kind of go for a cute cuteness factor when i'm picking my babies hmm. and i think piplup's cute nice. piplup is adorable i picked piplup when i started when i played diamond and pearl um and i might go for it again i feel like it's usually a battle between like the water and the fire type for me like I don't, I don't know what it is about the grass type. It's like Torchic and Mudkip and Trico. It's like Chimchar and Piplup and Turtwig. Like, not to, like, knock Turtwig. Like, Torterra, the final evolution of Turtwig is awesome. I will say, though, with this new uh, sword and shield, I picked the monkey guy in my shield. Uh, oh, the uh, grass type. 
Yeah, the grass type. Uh, the what was his name? It wasn't. It was. It, he turned into Rillaboom, like a big gorilla. Yeah. The drum set. He was cool. And, uh, turned into Donkey Kong Country. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, that grass type took me far. Yeah. Good games. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm excited. You know. Um, but I'm even more excited for uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, yes, which is which we also did talk about. we did. Talk yes. About. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm really interested in how, what, what this gameplay loop is going to be like, cause it's going to have to be with, with no cities, with just like big open fields and stuff like that. That we have seen yet. I think there will be fields that we've seen. Well, the story is that it's like it's like at the beginning of colonialization in the Sinnoh region. And so there's really just this one big town which is where you're from and the rest and the rest of the central region is kind of unexplored so there could be it's it's not going to be metropolis on the scale of any of the pokemon games that we've ever had really where it's like you walk a couple routes you get to a town you walk a couple more routes you get to a town it's going to be like you walk for miles and you see nothing it's going to be very legend of zelda <laughs> it's only what we've been asking for since like the GameCube. <laughs> Very excited about that. Took you long enough. Pokemon games, all for it. Uh just you know, just to freshen your gears. Uh Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are coming out end of 2021. And Pokemon Legends Arceus are coming out early 2022. Uh, but time to, uh... both of these games are a long way away, you know. I feel like the next big game that's coming out for me personally isn't really coming out until may so i have like you know a lot of chill time on my hands to play some some smaller games yeah. some indie games you know yeah. there's an indie game sale currently on the uh, playstation network and i copped a, a few of them i got night in the woods uh which is the only one that i've started so far um and i'll save more talk about that for cwc at the end of this episode uh, and I also got Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition and Oxenfree. Um, all of them under 20 bucks. All of them like 2D narrative adventures. But, you know, seeing, seeing all these wonderful indie games on sale and knowing that there's a bit of a lull in the AAA development right now, um, I wanted to talk a bit about indie games and the, the wondrous memories we have with them. So what are, what are some of your favorite indie games? I mean, right off the bat, Binding of Isaac. I think if you're looking for a, a game that does gameplay loop and story correctly, Binding of Isaac has to be one of the top games on the list. It's a game that constantly evolves and constantly becomes new as you advance, and yet is just the same loop over and over. It's just go into dungeon, kill enemies, get pickup, advance go into dungeon, kill enemies, get pickup, advance. And yet every ending is, there's like 21 endings at this point. You get like a new ending every time you beat it and new bosses every time you beat it. I think it does a really great job of being a super simple independent game that does its job really well and is able to tell a story without needing to do like long drawn out cutscenes. In addition to that, I feel like I've played so many indie games over the years, but just name one right 
<laughs> I always like disappear on them because I'm like, no, that's triple A. Yeah, I'd consider that a triple A. No, so, so why don't why don't we give you a little bit of time to think about it? Well, what maybe Jacob tells us about uh, a favorite indie game of his. Sure. Um, off the top of my head, I mean, I'm playing Hollow Knight right now. It's going really well. Um, loving it. Uh, I've played Untitled Goose Game for Switch. It's a fun game. It's a fun indie game. That's also on sale on PlayStation right now. It is. Oh, nice. Um, also, uh, that one for VR made by the Rick and Morty guys was so fun. Oh, Counting Plus. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I love that. And also, um, hmm. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop there. That's I'll, I'll, those three are my top indie games right now. Uh, Super Hot was a lot of fun. Speaking, yes. of, speaking of Accounting Plus, though, uh, a game that connects to that, uh, which was kind of the inspiration for it to begin with. Uh, is the Stanley Parable. Mm, I yes. have played a good, We love the Stanley Parable I've here. I've played that game a good 50 times because it's addictive. It's much like Binding of Isaac. It has a lot of different endings. Yeah, and it just... it. And that gameplay loop is even simpler. The best <laughs> indie video games, Journey, Binding, Among Us, Fall Guys, they, they, they come up with really, really simple concepts and just execute them to perfection stanley parable is in my opinion a perfect game it just it nails what it's trying to do it nails its gameplay mechanic it's constantly making you think harder and think more advanced um it's just it's great it's one of those games that i'll show to people who don't necessarily like video games and i'll just sit them down and say i'm not going to tell you anything about this game just just go in blind play the stanley parable i really like the stanley parable because it's like it, re it really is kind of like human versus machine when you play that game because you're always you're always trying to stay a step ahead of the game and the the, the narrator um and it's like it's a constant battle and you only you only continue to discover that with each ending that you unlock and each playthrough that you go through I have to echo that Stanley Parable is incredible and it's also one of my favorite games. And I think I would agree with you on that sentiment that it is a, it's, it's a perfect game, honestly. Um, Super Hot is also incredible. The amount of hours that me and my friends have sunken into Super Hot. I mean, it's, is just, just, it's the most innovative shooter that I've played in years. It is the most innovative shooter I've played in years and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, and I would recommend it to everyone to play this very innovative shooter. It is the most innovative shooter I have played in years. No cap. Um, and the VR and the VR expansion of it is just as fun because then you're then you're in the space and you get to like like very bullet time slow motion. You get to dodge bullets with your gun. You get yeah. to shoot back at them. Mwah. Yeah. Another indie game that I, I, I love to the ends of the earth is uh, Transistor by Supergiant Games. They've made Bastion and Hades. Uh, Transistor was probably like, it was their, it was their sophomore game. Um, and it's just this really interesting meld of real-time action and also turn-based action at the same time. Uh, with this wonderful like nar like narrative going on between the main character who has lost her voice um, and her sword that can talk uh, to explain further about 
who or what the sword is would be a disservice to anyone who hasn't played the story. Right. Um, but it's a really, it's, it's an action game and it's a dystopian game and it's a love story. And I, I, I play, I've, I've bought that game like several times just because I'm just like, please, super giant, please keep making incredible games like this. I think indie games are really where story thrives. Um, oh yeah. We're, we have AAA games like the last of us uh, that really give off story. But if you're looking for like people that are specifically focused on story, um, I think you're looking at indie games. Uh, specifically, the two that I want to shout out, I think one you guys might not consider indie, but I'm going to push for it anyway. Um, I think Journey, which is super indie, no dialogue, tells a very compelling story through just really environment <laughs> design and like body language. And Until Dawn. I think some might press that Until Dawn's a AAA game, Double A. Double, yeah. It's still independent. Um, like, wait, what about Detroit Become Human? Would that be a... No. That's triple A. It's made by a major company. Okay. That's triple A. Well, it's made by Quantic Dream, who is owned by Sony, and... And I would not qualify yeah. Control or Alan Wake. Well, Alan Wake is kind of an indie game. No, because they... No, because that's made by Remedy, and they had made Max Payne before that. Ah, very true, very true. What about Beyond Two Souls? Nope. Also Quantic Dream. Yeah. All right, I'll stop. Who had made Heavy Rain first, which you could qualify Heavy Rain as an indie game, but then their next game was Beyond Two Souls, which kind of got their AAA back. Yeah. Uh, is it is it an indie game when when they're owned by Sony? It's difficult to to push for that. <laughs> uh, I think Until Dawn. The reason that I qualify it as an indie game is because it it doesn't feel like yes, the actors are all like known actors, and it's a known property. It's, it's surprising to look at that game and be like, this is Rami Malek before Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I was going to say, is that an indie game if Rami Malek's in it? Yeah, but he was, it was before <laughs> Mr. Robot. It was before everything. Yeah. Mr. Robot was out when that came out. Was yeah, it? Mr. Robot was definitely out already. But I thought also, it had just started. Maybe. Maybe okay. just started. But also, I feel like that game, I mean, just the engine itself, like it doesn't feel like an indie game it does not feel like an indie game no which is why i think it's so impressive okay i'm looking this up this robot had just begun when that it was season one when until dawn came out so okay the, so the star mean? the star of that game was hayden Panettiere, which is like all right that's cool it was in heroes heroes kingdom hearts um but yeah <laughs> i i would posit that in terms of doing something unique and something new that I hadn't seen done in gaming before in uh, Until Dawn and Life is Strange uh, both do really unique things. Life is Strange has some problems with its second season, specifically being that it was being made during the voice actors strike. Um, for anyone who is unaware, there was a period where voice actors weren't really being well compensated or well protected. They were going into booths and doing like nine hour recording sessions with no breaks and having to do really intense scenes with really no protections. Uh, and so they went on strike for a little while. Life is Strange 2 got made during that period and decided to go forward without its original voice cast. Um, whether or not you agree with that decision uh, is up to you. Personally, I don't, um, but uh, that's Life is Strange 2. Life is Strange 1 has some really incredible voice acting, some really incredible talent. 
uh, I have consistently not been able to finish that game because it emotionally affects me so much. I get to the end of like chapter two and I'm just like, I'm spent. Yeah, I think that's where you stopped. I'm out of, I'm out Episode of. Episode two. I can't keep pushing through this. Yeah. It's just rough. Um, so yeah, both of those are really great. Hey, shall we do yeah. some CWC? Yes. Now content. We've about a bunch of content we've consumed in the past. We can talk about content we're consuming in the present. Yeah. Paula, I'll start just because it's it's not it's not a lot. Like I said, I started Night in the Woods, uh, indie game, two D side scrolling narrative with some light puzzle and platforming elements. You play this very cute uh, little cat named May, who is a twenty uh, year old college sophomore dropout who returns home, um, and just has to deal with the the her town changing, her friends changing. Um, it's a cute looking game, but it deals with some dark subject matter. <laughs> I was playing with Logan and I was like speaking out the dialogue and I was like, yeah, da, 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 da. oh. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't want to say this next part out loud. This is sad. <laughs> um, but it's it's a great game so far. I'm just I'm just gonna like that's that's just gonna be my game like for today. I'm just gonna like like not rush through it, but I just I just wanna like experience and like bathe in this world right now. I started watching Demon Slayer, uh, which is a uh, another great shonen anime with a whiny protagonist, uh, but beautiful animation and action and great voice acting. Um, Seems like a theme. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's a theme. Um, but you know, life is a theme. One could argue your protagonist needs somewhere to go. Exactly. We need character development. Um, and WandaVision finale is today, you know, a few days ago when you're watching this, but today is Friday, March 5th, and WandaVision finale is happening. And even though I muted, even though I muted every WandaVision word possible on my Twitter timeline, I still ended up seeing tweets about it. So Twitter, do better, Twitter. <laughs> Come on, Twitter. I mean, that, that's really it. I haven't consumed... Oh, I mean, I watched Justice League yesterday, and it wasn't terrible. Um, and I watched Batman vs. Superman, and, and it wasn't horrible. Um, so, yeah, you know, all in prep for the Snyder Cut. Awesome. Uh, I'll go next, I guess. Um, yeah. I've got nothing new to update you with uh, movies, really. Uh, TV. I watched the Cecil Hotel thing on Netflix um, about Elisa Lam. It's like oh, a mystery yeah. Yeah, yeah. that um, was never really solved. Solved, but uh, watch it. It's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on the music side, uh, Justin Bieber released another single today. There's some new music out. A lot more pop than R&B for someone who's really trying to be respected as an R&B artist, especially like. So there's like a, a huge build in this single, this new one called, I think it's called Hold On. And then the chorus is just like 100% pop. You'll see what I mean. Are we talking like yummy vibes? No, 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 no. <laughs> Thank not, God. Not, this whole album Justice that he's promoting um, coming out soon seems like it's like a kind of like a Christian pop, like I've had hard times in my past, but in my- Why future, is this like, literally Atlanta? Yeah. Why is this literally a skit from Donald Glover's Atlanta? Dude. 
literally because this in Donald like, Glover's I'm... Atlanta, in Donald Glover's Atlanta, Black Justin Bieber, his album is called Justice as a joke, guys. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, you know, I I used to have hard times, but now I'm a born again man. Literally, what's going on? Donald Glover well, knows something that we don't know, which is not a surprise. Donald yeah. Glover's ahead of us. Um, another thing in the music world that I listened to was the first uh, single off of this new Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars album. Oh, it's so sexy. It's a sexy, it's got like Barry White vibes. It's called <sighs> Leave the Door Open. Check it out. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm going to walk like, right in. Yeah, I'm hearing like late 70s, early 80s, like soul in these oh, guys. And it's, it's so good. It's a sexy song. Check it out. I'm passing the mic to Logan. What's up? Um, not a ton new. Uh, went back to Spider-Man Miles Morales because I took a break from that for a little while. Very fun. Um, love the story of that game. I think it's it's just it's a great game. Um, it's so good. Still playing Assassin's Creed Unity. Still playing Apex. Still playing Binding of Isaac. Uh, Jacob and I watched Guns Akimbo, which was a, a really fun kind of silly time. Samira Wiley and Daniel Radcliffe are both really fun in that movie. Uh, I can't imagine how much of a blast they had filming it. Uh, I just finished Hunters, which I would strongly recommend to anybody. Um, it's intense, so be warned going in. Other than that, I'm not really watching much new. Uh, WandaVision finale tonight. Very excited about that. Dickinson's finale was last week, so a bunch of my stuff is, like, coming to a close. Um, gonna... RuPaul Snatch Game is tonight. Hey, I'll probably watch that this weekend. Now, I, I, have, a, I have a quick question. Do they address how uh daniel's character in guns akimbo uses the bathroom yes okay that's, that's all i needed okay great that's all i needed to know they don't just explain they show there's a there's a shot it was hilarious i was cracking up. <laughs> well i hope that's a reality that none of us ever have to deal with you you die like what, guns for hands Guns, like, nailed into your hands with, like, no anesthetic. Ooh. You're dead. You're gangrenous. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ugh. he looks at his hands and there's, like, nails. Like, full, you're building a set and need to make sure these, like, four platforms stay together nails. Yeah, because that's what nails are for, building sets. I mean, hey, <laughs> listen. I had to describe the type of nail, okay? We're not talking. Right. We're not talking I had to paint nails. a picture for we're our viewers. We're you all know those nails. nails that we use to build sets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're big. You know, big, the big old, big old nails. Big old uh, you know, uh, make sure make sure you you drink your lemon to keep the gangrene and scurvy away. That's not how this works. I'm Jeremy Vance Suarez. I'm Jacob Wade. I guess it's Logan Riley Bruner. And take care of yourselves, damn it. We love you. Build the set. Build yeah, build that set. <laughs> <laughs>